what was it? Soft slapping Why noises you watch or something? that movie? <laughs> I'm still bitter about it. I feel like I should make you watch a horror film right now just to <laughs> punish you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Missing Movie Club. We've been missing. What, yeah, we've been we've been missing <laughs> on sabbatical. Yeah, it's, you know it's a good thing to take some time to take breaks and get re-energized and try to get newer, better movies. But then we didn't today, so you know that shot that whole theory right to. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> so. Three of us have come back from being missing. Unfortunately, Pamela is still out wandering the great world. She's on walkabout. Yeah. I don't think she wanted to watch this movie. And she was like, I'm going to be out of town, quote unquote. <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> She's staying up at the Holiday Inn up the road. Right. She's watching Halloween 3. She's actually taking other people's pictures and photoshopping herself into them. Being like, no, really, I'm in Seattle. Look. Look. It's cloudy. It's cloudy. Oh, yeah, it, it was a downpour. She forgot to crop out the bottom where the search bar says cloudy day. <laughs> so, now that you've got a lovely intro to the movie that we watched, we're kind of skipping around since Pamela's not here. We will get back to The Last of Sheila soon. Absolutely, we will. This is a select screening, isn't it? It is. This is, this is very select. Yeah. I thought this was just the perfect movie for Halloween time. <laughs> I don't know if this movie's perfect for any time. This is a movie you put on at the DMV just to punish people more. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a Valentine's Day movie, a date movie. You know, you take your loved one because you know it's about two dudes if you're, finding if you're, each other. Uh, I mean, they they also find part of another dude. They do find a head, and there's a mermaid vagina. Bishop oh Flat. We should tell them why what you chose to force us to watch. So today we watched 2019's The Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers, who also directed The Witch and The Witch, The Witch, and The Northman. Oh, that already sounds like it's awful. Yeah, I haven't. Um... <laughs> Just, I'm sorry. I, mean, I doubt I heard he listens to this podcast. Everything so. I heard about it was that it was not what the trailers made it out to be. Oh, so. yeah. I think I remember people. Ooh, but it's got Alexander Skarsgård. So if he gets naked and Ethan it, I, would, I would watch it. And Bjork. And William Defoe. Is, is this like Johnny Depp, like for uh, Tim Burton? Does this guy like using uh, the same William Defoe? Over over. Yeah. yeah. I mean... William Dafoe was great. Though. He was good in this movie. I got to give him credit. Just in he... general, he's great. So to start this out, I would like to get both of your reactions to this line that was in the Wikipedia entry for this movie. It said it was considered a modern cult classic. By who? Who is the cult? I don't know. The cult of the mermaid vagina? Is it like a, is it like a Cthulhu cult? Cthulhu. No, those people would have been like, this shit. <laughs> I mean, I could definitely see where it would have a cult following, though. Kind of reminded me of those old art house movies, you know? You're giving it way too much credit. <laughs> this is just like somebody that was like, hey, the studio said, you know what? The witch made a lot of money. We don't know why, because everybody hated it. Did Here's they, some. Though? I don't know. I did. I was mad Because every time. time I see it mentioned online, people are like, it's amazing. Yeah, um, it, I mean, apparently it's got It was intense. Good. It's not my favorite. I will tell you that. But it's like somebody said, here's a bunch of money. We'll throw in, uh, we need some butt nudity. So here's here's Robert Pattinson. 
and uh, you need a real actor, so here's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> and you just go crazy. Oh, do you need a mermaid's vagina? We'll make that for you. Tell us how a mermaid's vagina looks like. You know Apparently what freaks like me a shark. out? That thing's still out there somewhere. That mermaid vagina? Yeah, no. it's just somebody, on a shelf in some took, warehouse. Somebody took that home. Like Indiana Jones stuff. <laughs> somebody took creepy, it home. Creepy Rick the Grip took that home. <laughs> oh, the Grip. <laughs> that makes it worse. I don't know. It's It's got... It's got Seven point four on IMDb, ninety percent Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, eighty percent of Google Listen, likers half like the time this movie. Rotten Tomatoes is just people going in there to well, up, I'm not up gonna, things yeah. and down things to attack them because of who is. I'm not going to argue with in that. It. I don't put a lot of stock anymore in Rotten Tomatoes. I will say watching this with you two was a very different experience than when me and Pamela watched it mm-hmm. initially because we just stared at this thing because it's like a beautiful train wreck. When we started watching the movie, we thought it was just going to be like Robert Pattinson's going to murder Willem defoe like 20 minutes in and the rest of the time it's going to be spooky times as he hides the body and he keeps seeing Willem defoe around i would have rather uh, watched that yeah or like it turns into like the captain and mrs muir or something say the captain and Tennille, and i was like were they gonna <laughs> break out some muskrat which by love? the way i love that movie with rex harrison it's great, oh yeah great it's movie. a great movie great movie i've never seen that movie oh, you've never seen so that movie good. No. Oh, that's one we probably should watch. Yeah, say, add that to the list. list. Yeah, that's a great movie. Rex Harrison's amazing in that. Yeah, you like Rex Harrison? Yeah. Who's, who's the female lead? Um. Oh, now make me look it, it up. Hold matter. on. It's fine. It's a 1947 film. Uh, Gene Tierney is the woman. Yeah, I've never seen this movie. Yeah, Gene Tierney it's is the really good. is the woman, and Rex Harrison is the sea captain that's I dead. Know her. I know that face. She's done quite a bit. Along the line, the FBI, Four Nights of the Full Moon. See, I'd rather talk about a movie I've never seen than talk about this one. She was in The Razor's Edge back in the 40s. Heaven Can Wait is familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe there's like a song named that too. You never know. Her character's name in Heaven Can Wait. Can you go back to it? It had four names in it. This... Martha Strabel Von Cleave. Von Cleave. Yes, sir. I'd like to play. So let's get back to spilling our beans. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you spill your beans? Why'd you spill your beans? Arr. So before we spill our beans any further, we should probably do the part where we introduce ourselves. Pamela's our missing member. Mm-hmm. And then we have... I'm the talent. I'm Jason. <laughs> he thinks that. <laughs> He'd like you all to like his lobster. Uh. I know you. I seen you. You liked me lobster. Yeah, I did. It's like Mr. Krabs. Uh, That's who it was the whole time. I was trying to figure it out. So we have Jason. Yes. And then we have. Uh, I'm just some guy they like called out to the street. They're like, hey, you, you want to come do a podcast? No. Uh, It's Chris. You were soaking wet at a lighthouse. Yeah, lighthouse. You look a little fishy. Yeah, why don't you come on in? in? Yeah, it's It's me, Chris. I gave you a fishy joke. You did. Thank you. And then hosting, because this is your selection, is... John, I am the president pro tem, because we don't get all fancy and have everybody have titles when we do these... That's true. ...limited runs. Yeah. Ooh, limited run would have also been a good name Maybe we can call that, too. Oh, we're going to rebrand now? I mean, you know... Limited run. We don't don't know what we're doing. Limited release. Limited release. (laughs) (laughs) No, this was a direct to VHS. We are the failing... It's not even direct to DVD. Direct it's direct to, D- to VHS. Direct to VHS. <laughs> the okay. failed film club. Oh. The failed film club. <laughs> oh, what a great spinoff. That'd be a fun... Where we choose movies we just really hate. think just blow. Yeah. Except from Justin to Kelly. It would be on there just so I could make y'all watch it. So are you saying this movie is my From Justin to Kelly to you? No, this movie is... I don't even know... <laughs> I... 
I I don't know. Okay, let's start out with this. The actors' performances were very good for what they had. They yes. both killed it. Yeah, yeah no, the acting was great. Even the creepy mermaid was great. Everybody was great. I just did he he wrote and directed this, right? Yes, he did. Have we had that conversation where I really don't like it when directors or when writers direct their own movies? Have we had that conversation? Yeah, I think you. I think we've we've, we've, we've touched on that. I, I don't know if it was on the air or. Yeah, we have touched a, on it before. I, Fire pit. Yeah, I just have a really... Oh, that's probably when it was, too. I have a really big issue when writers direct their own material because I feel like there's a lack of cohesiveness or a lack of editing sometimes because you just think everything is so good. I I don't know about this. I I didn't like the script. I didn't like the story. Was it just that it didn't have a clear enough narrative to it? I, I don't even think it's that. I think I would have appreciated a... I'm one of those people, I love an actual ending, and I know there's people out there like, oh, it's not, you know, sometimes not everything's got a clear-cut ending, and I get that, but, like, in this case, I needed something more at the end to say, this is what you sat here and saw Mermaid's Vagina for, and I didn't feel a reward at the end, except being excited when I saw the credits. (laughs) I mean, the song in the credits was a banger. (laughs) That's the other thing, too. It's like you ended it the way that it ended, and it's just like, boom, here's a banger. And it's like, that works sometimes. I don't think it worked this time. See, I think they should have ended it with the next watch coming coming on. Yeah. And like, kind of, they don't even have to go into detail of them finding them, Mm -hmm. but just having flashes of the dude standing around Robert Pattinson's naked body being eaten by the seagulls and finding William Defoe's body. And like, if they think that they would have had even something like that, like you said, it didn't have to be a distinctive ending, but gave you something that was ground. Everything else you saw, yeah, it was fucked up and unreal. Mm-hmm. But then the reality came back, and like these dudes are like finding this, like coming on to the next shift, and like I, yeah, no, I love that kind of an idea. Trying to piece it together, like even showing them in the cabin, like looking through the wreckage, and like not like I said, they don't have to have dialogue, they don't have to have anything, but just kind of flashes of the just the seagulls, yeah, the people... seagull noises. <laughs> the that's all you needed. No, I love that ending. I think that's a brilliant ending. Yeah, I think. because yeah. it's now walking onto a mystery of like what happened what, here, uh, and what that's really, where it ends. Yeah. See, I thought they were going to have it where you were going to have that, but then it was going to be them getting back to the island again. Like, they're stuck in this purgatory. Purgatory would have been a good guess. Yeah, purgatory. Yeah, they come upon it, and it's them. Like, not necessarily finding the dead bodies, but yeah, you see all of a sudden the boat pull in, and they're stepping off the boat again. Like, you could even just reuse the footage from the beginning of of them coming on. That would have been brilliant, because that would have been such a good, like, mind twist. That was the other thing, too. I think I kept expecting the twist, right? Like, Chris, you brought it up, and we talked about it multiple times during the movie. Like, is Robert Pattinson just imagining Willem Dafoe as, you know, the... I mean, are we giving spoilers at this point? Do we give a shit? For this movie, or yeah. for... No, well, I think if they're listening to it, they would... I was about to bring up Fight Club, and I was like, I don't uh, want to spoil I mean, Fight Club. I feel but... like... If you watch this, you know, you're going to get spoilers. We just, That's spoiler true. Alert. That's true. Yeah. I, I guess, like, because in my mind, I kept thinking... Because I, I really went with your theory of, oh, I bet it is him having a Tyler Durden moment. Yes. Where, because I didn't know how to say his earlier um he was just like um uh (laughs) where you find out like the twist is like he willem dafoe is just a figment of imagination and willem dafoe represents the guy that he let die i guess because he acted like he murdered him but he didn't he just let him die i don't really think that's murder i think you're just a dick well, it's somewhat because he didn't try to lend aid. So, I mean, it'd manslaughter. Yeah, but he would have died. It was a log jail. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. I love you both. But 
We're all big boys. Well, I think what, the simple how fact... Expect, what, are you gonna, what do you want me to do? No, I agree with you that it really wasn't his... He didn't murder him, but the fact that he says, all I wanted to do was have a smoke. He didn't try to go get help. He didn't That's true. He didn't feel bad about the guy dying because he was, was wanting to murder move. him. Yeah. He was a dick move. But I just kept thinking, oh, there's going to be a twist. What's the twist? What's the twist? You know, there was the weird tentacle porn moment. Like, what is the twist? And, and I was like, okay, I get the fact that it's like trying to show these two guys slowly... And I don't even know. Was Willem Dafoe losing his mind as well, too? But besides Robert Pattinson or because he'd be like, well, you're the one that chopped up the boat. And I'm like, but you chopped up the damn boat. See, and I think it'd be interesting too. When you were talking about it, you're like, well, is Robert Pattinson losing his mind? Is he a figure? And I think it'd be interesting to have it be the other way around. That Defoe, that Defoe is, is on, the one just been there for so long. Making that it... him up. And he just keeps losing his mind and mm-hmm. killing I mean, also, pigments in his own mind. And also, it could lend credence because he said the last guy lost his, you know, went crazy too. It could be the simple fact that William Defoe is kind of a sociopath, mm. and like he gets these new keepers in, and he kind of messes with their heads to the point of, you know. And it could also because when he was reading through the thing, it almost made it sound like it was a scam because he was like getting these people to do work, mm-hmm. and then he was writing up bad reports on them, mm-hmm. and so they wouldn't get paid. So it's almost like the company's like, "Hey, you get free work. We're not going to pay this." dude because you gave him back you know what i mean yeah it's like i don't know so in case you haven't watched it which i don't i mean you should probably watch it before you listen to this you should you should watch this movie it's it's all about this lighthouse keeper assistant i don't know what the hell robert pattinson's job was he's a wiki He's a wiki. They're both wikis. It's just there's a senior Defoe wiki and a like junior the, wiki. Yes, yeah. he's, he's, an, okay. he's, he's a wiki in training. He's, a wiki he's in training. the head wiki. Yeah. Basically, William Pattinson, uh, William Pattinson, Rob Pattinson, and Willem Dafoe arrive on this island. It's a very small piece of land, but there's a lighthouse built on it with a full house and a kitchen. And yeah, they always yeah the lighthouses awesome. back yeah. then had the keepers. Yeah. And it's just them staying there for quote unquote four weeks. And he works for Willem Dafoe, sort of. I don't know. I guess he just takes orders from him. And then, I don't know, they miss the boat (laughs) I love that you don't know where to go from there. Because that perfectly describes this movie. It's like they get trapped there and... The weather comes up. Yeah. And and so the boat can't come because they pick them up. If, If the boat was ever going to come back. And it might be Rob's fault. It might be because he killed Stanley. (laughs) Stanley. We need to talk about Stanley the Skeet. Well, I mean, yeah. But it's just, yeah, so like... I don't know. I don't even know how to explain the damn movie. It's like two dudes stuck in lighthouse and one of them nearly shits his pants every five minutes because the director thought fart jokes were funny. <laughs> I read about it on IMDb. He said the reason I put it in there is because the people said the witch was too serious. And I was like, there's other ways to do comedy, sir. It's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Make that man keep tooting all around the damn set. You like, know. the first toot was funny. Like, oh, okay. And it did lead to one of the funniest lines in your fucking thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> God. That accent that, that Robert Pattinson was trying to do was... You know, what was funny is, though, at the beginning, he didn't have it. That's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, and then as it goes on, it becomes more and more prominent, like, through, yeah, the, the going pocking a car and yeah. And it's yeah. like, is that bad acting? Or is that, was it something intentional? Yeah, I no, that's... bad acting. <laughs> I want to think that nobody was paying attention. And they either filmed that scene first, or they waited way late after, like, reshoots. And, and he was like, no, I'm good, nobody's going to notice. I mean, but it could be that at the beginning, he's doing Canada up where they're doing the logging accident. And then when he, it's revealed, big spoiler, that he's... Not that's not really his name, and he's a different guy. Oh, but... that's yeah, that could like be. That, he but... was trying to disguise his accent in the beginning, <laughs> but I would have he's... liked then somebody to call it out. I would have liked Willem Dafoe to be like, Where the hell did this accent come from? But I feel like there's a Why lot of you all of a sudden sound like JFK that's supposed yeah. to be subtle things because I caught stuff this time that I didn't catch before, just really? little like what little crap, like um, like extra toots, <sighs> like how everything in this movie is about dicks 
and there's killing things. I mean, there's a honest. lot. No, there's, yeah. You're right. There's a lot a of very toxic movie. masculinity. Yeah. And so when they get to that final scene where he sticks the axe in the table and Willem Dafoe is standing there watching him leave and then he comes back, the whole time that axe is perfectly as yeah, if and... it is his junk. <laughs> oh, I didn't even pay attention to that because I was like, oh. I do remember my comment was like, how strong is he to wield that axe with one hand? And then you're like, did you not see his forearms? <laughs> He's been masturbating in a lighthouse for <laughs> yeah, four weeks. He's basically Popeye arms. Yeah. At that he does point. have Popeye arms. And actually something, I know we're kind of jumping off topic, but in the movie with when he's treating him with like a dog. Movie, it doesn't matter. It well, jumped when, all over the damn place. Well, when he's treating him like a dog and you're wondering where that came from, actually looking at the quotes from it, he was kept telling, he kept telling him that when the fog clears, you'll work through the dog watch. And then he says, dogging it, I was expecting to see the lantern. So I think he just flipped it because he kept, uh, and if you look through the quotes, there's several quotes where, he, where William Defoe called calls Robert Pattinson's character a dog. dog. Well, I didn't catch it either when we were watching mm-hmm. it and looking back through the quotes. So I think he just turned it around because he'd been calling him a dog the whole time. So he made William Defoe be yeah, the and dog. I think he said the guy that he <clears throat> let manslaughtered yeah, I guess we can say he called him a dog, said he was a dirty dog. Or yeah. Whatever. So and I think so... that's where that because we were both kind of like, what the hell is he treating like, like a dog? He, he's got a leash on him. But so at least that makes some kind of sense. It's a callback. It's literally this. It doesn't make it just it's it's like the first hour is us watching them just do the daily shit and you slowly start to see Pattinson start to kind of like reality start to bend a little bit and maybe you start to slowly see him start to go mad, which doesn't make a lot of sense because you're only there for four weeks. Now, I don't know how long it takes you to lose your mind in solitude, but maybe I guess four weeks is what it takes. But like the mermaid thing, the Stanley, we named the seagull Stanley because... I don't know. That seagull was a dick, and I liked Stanley. And then Robert Pattinson beats the shit out of him, and it broke my heart. And all Stanley was trying to do was protect his friend that fell into the yeah. The he's like thing. yeah. He's yeah. like, hey, my 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 buddy's dead. That's not dead. the right word, Culvert. Uh, Col- si- 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 oh, the sister. Culvert is a totally different thing. Yeah, the sister related. But yeah, I just I don't know. I it's hard to even do this podcast because it's that movie just jumps so much into like at one point yeah. they're drunk and happy at one point they're almost fucking at one point they're fighting at one point i don't know my favorite's the slow dance where they're just like <laughs> well and that, that was one of the things that i read too was like the reason robert pattinson was acting the way that he did is that his character was repressed sexually and that moment when they almost because they did almost kiss he was ready and then he freaked out and i was like oh my god it's internalized homophobia like you almost made out with this rancid smelling human because as the two of you pointed out, i was like don't they take a bath in the sea and you're like no yeah. why would you take a bath in the ocean and i was like i don't water <laughs> salt water i guess it would dry your skin out is that what oh yeah you couldn't yeah that's why usually when you go swimming like in the ocean and stuff you want to rinse off as quickly as you can because like, so how does the mermaid work into that or does she work into that? Into his sexual repression? Yeah. Because that doll that he dug out of the pubic hair filled <laughs> hole yeah, in the mattress. That was oh. was I, that what it was supposed to be? Was it supposed to be pubes? I mean, it's what it, it looks, looks like. like it, yeah, me. I don't know what else it would be. I mean, it's so weird. He had nothing else to. I mean, look, I'm going to say it for me personally. If it was between a wooden mermaid doll with some carved boobs and Willem Dafoe, who am I going to think about? I'm probably going <laughs> to think about this imaginary mermaid. No offense, Willem Dafoe. You're an amazing actor. You should play Skeletor. Well, and I think that also calls into the old, you know, the sea tales of the sirens. 
luring men to their death and you know the sexuality of the mermaid and the, i think that was just a part of his sexual repression too because he never really like states like he had a wife or anything or you know yeah. you know william defoe's character did but well and then no because he kept saying you know uh, what the reason that he was there was to make money so he could buy a place and be on his own and and just be by himself and i'm sure back in those days that's exactly what a gay person would do unless you were in high society where you could kind of get away with it a little bit more i I was thinking because we figured out it was like the 1890s that this took place in and i was like what kind of where would i have been and i'd have been like God, i had better been born rich <laughs> with a fancy wig because i would have not survived i would have been murdered or i would have had to go live in a cabin in the woods by myself we actually get to see the dude that he let manslaughter yes that he, that he, yeah i don't he, i don't know how else to say it that yeah he, that he watched die basically he let him die yeah he was a good looking blonde dude like oh he's very attractive and i'm like wait a minute is there something behind this like he let him he said he was dogging on him yeah. i think he was attracted to him i think he probably wanted to sleep with him but didn't know how to react to it i think robert pattinson wanted him and then i think he saw a means to say well if the temptation is taken away i'm not that way because now i don't have that temptation that's probably why he looked at willem defoe and was like yeah i can go sit with you for four weeks <laughs> You look unfuckable. <laughs> Although we did see Willem Dafoe's ass crack and grinding, uh, we think grinding on the bed. And I was like, why is he watching that man? And I was like, oh. Was he in oh. his bed at that point? Or was yeah, he, in, he was in, he William Dafoe was in his bed. He was fixing the shingles over his bed, though. So if he looked through, wouldn't he be seeing his? And that's where the well, whole I think, one I think there was the a bunch of shingle issues. Well, I think, yeah, I think when he was looked, because when he, the position when he looked down, William Defoe's bed was on the right hand side. I think okay. he could just have a view of both beds, but he concentrated on William Defoe's ass hanging out of the flaps of his uh, onesie there, grinding into the mattress. Could have done without that too. Nothing against you, Willem. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> I bet that was an ass double, though. I don't think that was William Defoe's ass. No, that looked way too young. Yeah, that yeah, looked like a younger that was, ass. That was Tilda Swinton. Tilda, that was a cameo. Yes, Tilda Swinton's Un ass has uncredited cameo in the lighthouse. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it here first. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all they can afford of her. Tilda Swinton's Listen, ass. We don't really. You can either play the mermaid for a dollar, or you can dollar. show your ass for five dollars. And Tilda Swinton was like, "I'll take the five. <laughs> Took the fiver. What, what do you want me to do? Just, just grind on it a little bit? Took the fiver. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I think that does lend credence to why he wanted to kill the dude, because even though the guy was, like, on him constantly about, mm -hmm. you know, not doing the, the logging guy, not being good at his job, I think it was he was, saw him as that distraction and why he was not doing a good job. And so I would have been distracted by the logger for sure. He's a pretty guy. Yeah, I mean, he he's was. Pretty, he's, he's a pretty boy. <laughs> and uh, he's a lumberjack. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Works all night. Sleeps all day. I think that, I don't know, from the, from the gay perspective, really, it's like, yeah, have I been in a situation where I'm like, I'm not doing what I need to do because I'm too distracted by the person I'm attracted to? How do you do that? You either leave and go someplace else, or you hope that that other thing leaves. And I think if you're looking for, is metaphor the right word I want to use here? Or is it, yeah, I guess it would be metaphor. Um, or is it an allegory? I don't know the difference. It doesn't matter. I didn't get an A in English. It's fine. It's almost like he let him die in the logging accident, thinking that it would kill the gay inside of him. No, that's... And I think maybe that's where that representative came at. It was like, yeah. even though you let him die, you still want to fuck Willem Dafoe because you're gay. <laughs> You're a repressed homosexual. Just because one went away, I'm sorry. That mermaid vagina clarified for me which team I will always play for. <laughs> 
that was one of the grossest things I have ever seen. And I have seen gay pornography before. Gay pornography. <laughs> All right. That was one of the grossest things I have ever seen in my life. I... Ugh, I don't. Even, I know my face was of disgust. Did you take a picture at that point? John was taking pictures of my reactions to the movies. <laughs> Not Chris. No, no, no. Just Jason and Zayden to Pamela at key points in the movie. That's because Chris is just stone cold. He's well, just, we'll see. True. Well, and I, I, I mean, have you guys ever seen the Naked Lunch? I, I based feel like on the, the on the novel years ago. Yeah, no, based on it was with Peter time. Weller was in it. It's one of those just surreal movies. I mean, in the book is completely even more insane than the movie. I mean, in the movie you literally have the main character. He believes that there's a spy agency, and all typewriters are basically spies for this agency. And so, like his typewriter is a good typewriter that's fighting the other type. And yeah, there's a scene where literally he starts kind of getting hot and heavy with this woman, and the typewriter literally her typewriter like unfolds into this giant penis monster thing and like jumps on top of them and starts flopping around. So once you've seen that kind of stuff, this movie isn't that bad. <laughs> and actually some of the scenes were very, I thought with like the tentacles and all that stuff when they were showing like that kind of, it was very much naked lunchy to me. But yeah, if you guys haven't seen Naked Lunch, we should watch it sometime. Peter Weller. No. It's a, oh yeah. It's I don't a, remember that. So that tells me I did not see yeah. it. I probably thought, here's what I think. I think I probably saw the title The Naked Lunch and yeah. thought, oh, I might see some nudity when I'm in my <laughs> early teens. And then if I got that there was like typewriter battles I would have been like no I'm not gonna watch this yeah. and I damn sure to remember the typewriter penis monster <laughs> the way you're saying great... that it's like Pokemon like well, you're like they kind of they were they're all little <laughs> creatures and stuff and like the one typewriter fights the other typewriter and like knocks it off the thing and kills it and when I watch things like this it, I just take it because like I said I've watched some really messed up or the delicatessen I've told you about that before the French film or the city of lost children they're all very surrealistic movies they're very like stuff like this doesn't really phase me to that point because like I said I've seen some pretty mess i mean when you've watched the wall yeah the, sober, the wall is the sober and, un, and yep. under the influence uh yeah it, it, the wall is yeah i watched that when i was 10 so it just oh, really jesus like i said well i i you know i saw happy birthday to me when i was six so it's a horror hardcore horror movie so i yeah there's other things that bother me in movies but stuff like that really he sees glitter in a movie and he's just out yeah right yeah, <laughs> I, see, I, I, I see rainbows and unicorns and i'm like this <laughs> man this messes with my head i i guess i don't like surreal movies maybe maybe yeah. that's a, that's yeah, a thing. I, brazil you see ever seen brazil i did like brazil yeah brazil there was a summer somewhere. where i went through i think it was afi's 100 best films mm -hmm. or it was and Brazil was on there. There was a bunch of movies that I would have never seen had they not been mm. on that list. And I remember watching Brazil, and I don't think at the time I really got it. And then later on, I was reading an article about it, and I was like, oh my god, I kind of wish that I had read this article before I saw it because I think I would have enjoyed the movie a little bit more. I just remember being like, what? I don't get the paper thing. I don't get it. And oh, then, the bureaucracy. Yeah, the, like yeah. as I've become older, I'm like, that movie makes so much sense <laughs> on so many different levels now. Well, yeah, when they want to just lose the check. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're freaking out because they have the check that didn't get delivered and like the bureaucracy so hardcore. Mm -hmm. That one misstep. Yeah, they're going to be pretty much murdered. I felt murdered by watching this movie. I felt it murdered my eyes. I mean, I feel like that's really interesting because you're, I know you well and you're kind of, you have like that philosophical way of how you think of things and like think outside the box. Maybe you just don't like that in a movie. Like when you sit down for a movie, you want a set story. Yeah. You want to. I think you're right. It, it, it is. It's kind of a paradox in a way. Right. But it's like if you're telling a story, every story has a purpose. 
unless you're talking to like Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> Every story should have a purpose, right? There should be a reason that you're telling. Is it a story to entertain? Is it a story to uh, foreshadow or warn? Like think about urban legends, right? The reason we tell urban legends was to basically tell kids, don't talk to strangers, don't have sex, young girls. I mean, that's what most of them were about. Like don't go off, right? I don't get what the story was with this. And I think that's where my frustration lies. Was it solitude makes you crazy? Being gay makes you crazy. Not accepting who you are makes you crazy. What, and I hate using that word crazy too because it's kind of offensive, but it's like, if you're not going to tell me that one was a figment of the other's imagination, right? Which is what I think really it should have been. I think I would have liked it better. I just, when you said that, I was like, oh, it's a great idea. That's probably what this is going to be. And I was waiting for the reveal, Boy, yeah. right? I, I think that if we aren't going to do that, then we should have wrapped it up the way that you said, which is either A, the next group of people show up to relieve them finally, or B, it's them again, and it's a time loop because they didn't learn what they were supposed to do and they're stuck in some weird sea purgatory thing. I need something to tell me why I just sat there for two hours because if I don't, I hate when I sit for something and there's nothing that I walk away from it with, right? Yeah. And like this, I don't ever want to see it again. I would not ever watch this again. If somebody were to be like, hey, we can either look at Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe's chamber pots for two hours, or we can actually watch the movie The Lighthouse. I'm going to choose the chamber pots <laughs> than to sit through that movie again. I just, I don't know. And I I don't want to feel dumb about it. I just, I think it was lost on me. I think mm. when I read it's a spooky, it's a ghostly. And I'm like, okay, great. Was there a ghost in it? What's the ghost? The ghost is me trying to leave my damn seat. That's the horror. I couldn't leave because we had to record the show. It was psychological horror for you, just terrible. not the kind they intended. Yeah, I don't know. What The reason I wanted everybody to watch this movie is to me, it's like everything everywhere all at once or um god it's such a great movie though it's weird that i like that i loved that movie like did not like this it's a movie you come out of that you feel like more like it was just an experience mm -hmm. than like a set narrative because mm -hmm. i still don't exactly understand everything everywhere all at once but god damn that was a good movie it's such great it was a great movie and and this it's exactly the same way i felt coming out of this movie but with more of an existential dread kind of a feeling mm -hmm. as opposed to the, the happiness of everything everywhere like this movie when i came out of it i you know i don't like horror movies i don't like to be scared mm -hmm. but this one i came out of it feeling unnerved i guess is a good way to put mm -hmm. it and it just it has enough creepiness and enough i don't know that i really liked it i i agree the story is it's all over the place but it's, it's fascinating to me because i've looked on the internet and like read around different theories yeah. and stuff and i've never heard the theory that you put out mm. i haven't seen that one anywhere like i've seen a lot of it. it's mythology it's them mm -hmm. trapped in trapped mm -hmm. the loop it's them doing this and it's just fascinating to me how there's so many possibilities for what it could be and also i love that they did the old school ratio on it i love the, the well, cinematography shot in yeah, black millimeter. and white yeah it was shot in 35 like millimeter. it very much looked like one of those 1938 yeah and psychological totally appreciated all of that right i wish that i would have walked away with that that dread that you're talking about i didn't though i think maybe i would have liked it more if i would have walked away with dread because when you said that that I was like, God, I wish I, I wish I would have experienced that way. Maybe I would have liked it that if I walked away just being like, oh, Jesus. I don't know. I think I would have it more from the point of view, because they, they touch on it with, like, the tentacle horror, you know, with, like, mm -hmm. him, when William Defoe's masturbating in the, you know, to the light, in the lighthouse, and then all of a sudden... Another it, thing I could have left. One little thing of jizz yeah! all of a sudden becomes, like... That was not like, a little thing of jizz. Well, the first thing was, I think the first... And then I think it was a, it was a splotch. Patton, well, yeah, but then I think Robert Patton's mind took over and that's when he saw the tentacle and it became oh. more of like 
ooze and ectoplasm. Not just, yeah, like it being. And I think I would have been. I think if they had followed that path, like with Robert Pattinson madness, like all of a sudden him mm. seeing more of those weird sea creatures like mm-hmm. in the corners and moving around and i think like kind of building up to that like if that's what they were wanting you know his madness in and of itself and then william defoe's character you know because he's kind of used to the situation but him feeding into those fears because he's telling him the stories mm-hmm. you know about trident and all the you know and they kind of did it at the end when you know he's being choked when he's choking or beating up william defoe he turns into trident or poseidon whoever mm-hmm. you want to say with the tentacles and stuff i think i would have liked that been more psychological horror mm-hmm. like it becomes like william defoe's character is not necessarily acting weird but he's trying to contain robert pattinson's crazy mm-hmm. and so he keeps trying to wrangle him in but his psychosis keeps going and going and the mermaid would fit into all that with the sea and like that there's some other like you said you wanted a more supernatural element to be introduced i think they could have really gone well with that side and him just kind of slowly losing his mind and also i think the points of clarity that robert pattinson all of a sudden like he breaks in and out of that insanity like when he Mm -hmm. finds the log book that he's reading and he realizes that he's basically this whole time bad mouthing him through the whole thing like basically saying to the company he doesn't deserve pay he was lazy he didn't do his job and then all of a sudden it's back to the i think that's what the jarring there there was no progression of a psychosis it was just like that's a great point yeah it was it was kind of there was that first because robert pattinson i was even saying he has that shining vibe Mm -hmm. but the stanley kubrick where you know you already think that you know jack nicholson's is crazy to begin with this is jack torrance as soon as he comes in he's just a nut job you know and i think robert pattinson kind of had that already like him just staring off and then the alcohol i think that's a good point too is that he didn't really start getting out of control because they skipped over the whole time pretty much until the you know towards the end when he started drinking again like i said there was ways they could have played that more as a psychological terror i think the, the skipping around the moving around didn't help the narrative yeah. You know, it confusing to the point of like you didn't care. Like it can be confusing. Oh, it can be, you know, it can they can, point. you know, jump around because it's it's trying to make you feel crazy too. You know, movies like that's where we were talking about the naked lunch. The naked lunch has that it wants you to feel crazy along with the main character. Mm. But it even the naked lunch still follows a progression of that psychosis. Whereas this, it didn't seem to have that. There was really no progression of him becoming crazier and crazier in between. Then you think if it's William Defoe crazy, is it you know they don't establish whose point of view it's being told from Robert Pattinson or William yeah. Defoe. Yeah. So you don't get yeah. a you don't get a grounding from the very beginning of okay who am I watching this through whose eyes am yeah. I seeing this through. So I think that is I think that's what causes the disjointedness. It just makes you mad, <laughs> like you get you know it just. It, well, you brought up a lot of really good points that just kind of I like had an aha. So the first was the logbook. How do we know that's what he really wrote? Because we don't know if it's if it, are we in the lens of Pattinson who's losing his mind and yeah. seeing this? I think that logbook could have been such a, a better scene. A if we could have seen the logbook, like well, we should have been able to see the writing. Yeah. Because when you talk about the time progression, I would have appreciated either a diary journal entry every day that would say like, okay, we're because they only said it what three times, like oh we're only two weeks in. Yeah. We're four weeks in. They're gonna be here tomorrow. Something to tell me how much time has actually passed. I would appreciate it. But also, when you think a lot of times about those movies that the character is not mentally aware of what's actually happening, there is that breakthrough moment where they see it right. Uh, the Sixth Sense. When Bruce Willis finally finds out he's dead. What? No, I know, no right? way. Oh my God. Don't, no, don't tell me Titanic, the boat sinks. Right. When the boat finally, <laughs> when the boat finally realizes it sinks. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like that or when oh god what's his name in fight club oh um, tyler durden yeah but yeah. the but the guy that plays him the actor um, ed, norton. ed norton realizes brad pitt is a figment of his imagination that's what i needed in this i needed that moment of him realizing wait a second all those times i thought i was working was i not where was i but he wasn't he was just like oh you're writing all these bad things about me yeah it wasn't a moment of consciousness of saying well hold on a second something anything of him realizing that he is there was just no i don't feel like he ever recognized his own psychosis it's maybe that's what i'm thinking of like there could have been something else or that would have been a clue to the audience to say you are seeing it through his mind yeah here's the twist he doesn't know that he is having an episode he is having a psychotic breakdown he's not aware of it but now you are i think i would have enjoyed it more because i didn't get to see the damn log book let me see the damn log book but see i think what you're doing is that wasn't the intention of this this movie no the intention is to fill you with a sense of dread and unknowing because to me when it really they stop giving you those updates on how long it's been it, it was kind of shocking the first time we watched it when it got to that part where he was like, it's been like two weeks, two four weeks, weeks four or weeks. whatever yeah. since since they were supposed to come for us. And then after that, he just smashes the clock, the clock. I feel yeah. like. And at that point, you're just off the rails. And that's the thing. when If you are dissociating, you're off the rails. All of that doesn't make sense. So, I mean, for all we know, the whole time... Cause You'll notice every time Defoe gets up on him and he's yelling at him, yelling at him, he gives in or it'll do one of those snap cuts to the next day where he's working or whatever. It's like, is he putting those, is that how he's hearing Defoe? Mm-hmm. And Defoe is actually saying like, just do your work. Okay? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and so he just snaps back out of it and then finds himself as him again. So mm. like I said, that's what I love about it. There are a million ways that they could have clarified this into a set solid storyline and we would have got like the shape of water or whatever, which I have have not seen but you're okay that's to me that's the whole point is to make you feel like you have also kind of lost your mind that i should Which, have seen it for free. no i i under I, yeah i i we should not <laughs> but, I, but i'm like i didn't pay for it you all bought it but i'm just saying like i would then if i've got to do all that work then this isn't a movie this is something that should just be like a trailer online no i agree completely with john yeah, yeah. i think i think that the, the sense of the movie they made it non-narrative just to make you feel off balance it's just like, they want the whole movie for you to feel uncomfortable. And I feel like they tried to set it up where once you hit that disassociative state, like the beginning, it seems like there's a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Like the first time we watched it, I thought it was either going to be the him going slowly mad and killing Willem Dafoe and yeah. then whatever. Or I thought it was actually going to end up being some kind of eldritch Cthulhu type thing. But then when you hit <sighs> that point that. in the middle where it's just everything shatters. Yeah. The other thing that, that you had mentioned was the, the drinking, right? How he was like anti Robert Pattinson was like I don't drink and it was like a really weird like angry about like I I don't drink stop trying to force me to drink and then all of a sudden he starts drinking yeah I question this is coming from the gay angle like if this is my theory right I wonder if the reason he stopped drinking is because drinking lets you know when you drink yeah you you become exactly right Mm -hmm. when did they start slow dancing together oh yeah they were completely drunk drunk, right when did they almost kiss when they were completely drunk and I wonder if that's the reason why he doesn't drink and two I wonder if drinking played a part in the logger's death too because maybe this is I don't know I'm way out of left field here maybe they were drunk Pattinson tried to make a move guy was stepped back fell into the log jam or you could take it from the point of view is that maybe the night before they were working out there mm. pattinson and this guy got a little close yeah and like because if they were alone like up the river broke back mountain style you yeah know, they're camping true. together they're drinking he tries to make a move on the dude the dude 
either violently or whatever rejects right. him. So then the next morning, that's when Pattinson gets that anger and is he gonna, he's going to kill him to keep him from mm-hmm. when they get back with the rest of the crew. His secret's going to be out if the guy even says anything, but to right. Pattinson, he can't risk. So I think that's if you're going that angle and then that's when he went to kill the guy and the guy just. I feel like we in. should have written the movie. <laughs> <laughs> You can still have your shit. The lighthouse. <laughs> With the... Possibility A. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, we could still have the madness part that you're talking about, the dread that you're talking about, but there would be a little bit more backstory, yeah. a little bit more of, I would rather have seen that guy naked than Willem Dafoe's ass, so... Or Tilda, whoever's ass it was. <laughs> But I, I would also like the Cthulian horror. That's what I think oh, playing in yeah. with. I can't say it's having that, so good. having that supernatural bent to it. You could have Defoe's character be some sort of sea creature. You know what I mean? I that, honestly yeah. thought maybe that's where it was going. That took over the body and mm-hmm. is now driving these people insane to eat them, basically. The fear. Because yeah. that's what Cthulian is all about. The fear. About mm. Eating the fear and feeding off. So yeah. Oh, that, that would have been good. Yeah. So that's another aspect when you bring up the Cthulian. William Defoe's the creature and he gets free lunch every time they bring a new, <laughs> you know, know wiki on because he can you know he he's hiding out on the lighthouse and then they bring the new wiki on free lunch yeah i mean seriously and so it's a free lunch but it takes four weeks well okay? but it takes four weeks for you to tenderize their brain well, they enough. do no to, to build the fear so that would have been a good angle too if it could yeah. fall into the same at the end of the when the new boat comes mm-hmm. up the dude you know he's still standing there just smiling like you know, no, no, this dude went crazy too, fell in the ocean, you know, whatever happened to it. Would you, would you have preferred it that way? I think it would make a good movie, yeah. yeah I think I would have preferred it. I, I don't mean, think like it's had a good, uh, Cluthuian? <laughs> Cluthuian movie? Yeah. I was going to say too, one of the things that I wanted to mention is, you know, we've talked about the acting and even Pattinson's weird accent of JFK. I would love Willem Dafoe to play in a in a biopic of like Blackbeard or one of the other famous kind of pirates in a way because his I believed everything that came out of his mouth with that the way he spoke it took about two seconds for me to get it and then I was like wow he really could have played a pirate and now I want to see him play a pirate with Stanley. I think it'd be cool to see Defoe just playing like an old guy that's retired somewhere in a little beach community back in the day, mm. but he turns out to be Blackbeard and has like his last minute hurrah thing to come out of retirement and fuck up somebody that's after his treasure or something. Like <laughs> I would love that. I just he just did he did the acting. I will say the acting was great. I have no qualms about the acting. Both actors did a fantastic job. We took that intermission break and I was talking to you about it and I said this could be a play. In reality, oh, this yeah, could be yeah. a play, right? Yeah. Like because it's just sets. two actors. Yeah. yeah, two sets. That's it. Like you. Don't need the the mermaid thing because you could literally have him go downstage in a spotlight and talk about like day thirty. He would have to do the days. I think it would make more sense. Today I saw a mermaid on the beach. Or you could do something with like silhouettes. Yeah. For the mermaid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's a lot of interesting things you could do with this. I thought I was gonna have some chowder. Turns out <laughs> I had to chowder her. Oh god. <laughs> 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 Again though, that still reminds me of the. Futurama, with the merfolk from the lost city of Atlanta, and Fry realizes she has fish because they're about to make love. He's like, "How do we go about this?" She's like, "Oh, you've never done this before." He's like, "I usually lay my eggs and then I leave and you fertilize them." And he's like, "Ah," and you see him running out. He's like, "Why can't it be the mermaid with the fish on top and the lady on the bottom?" Yeah, you never see them where it's always either half and half. You never see like lady's head, fish body, two feet on the bottom. Now they did do that on Family Guy when Lois was trapped on an island. It was a mer a merman but it was yeah. the head of a fish and the, the legs yeah. of a man but see that's still halves i want yeah. like the 
the middle to be fish and then have people at the top and bottom. Well, you could do people at the top, fish in the middle, people at the bottom, but below the knee is fin. This might be the strangest thing we've talked about <laughs> on this show. Getting into percentages of mer people. There you go. What I only like my, per, my mer people at yeah. 48%. I just mer. got my yes. DNA results back and yeah. I'm like half a percent mermaid. mermaid. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I don't know which one of my ancestors screwed that fish, but good job. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah. Every time I think about that mermaid vagina, I want to throw up. Yeah. Production design wise, it was very well done. Yeah, they based it off of a shark's vagina or a whale's yep. vagina. Some kind a of shark, thing of vagina. Yeah, a shark's cloaca. Oh, not cloaca. That's a, that's a, that's a so gross. Drunker than a Virginia fish. A Virginia no, fence. 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 Virginia fence. fence. And I was like, what the hell is a Virginia fence? <laughs> I feel like that has to be like racist or something. I, I, I don't want to Google it though. I feel like, like I said, I think when we were talking to, like, I feel like maybe they were in Virginia and they were maybe they were saying the Virginia folks were drunk building fences and fences were not straight maybe yeah I think that's the connotation that it's it, the fence is not well built and leaning it's dumb <laughs> I, I, you liked my lobster <laughs> and you said it was Mr. Krabs I love when it gets to the end. It's just like SpongeBob. You liked me, lobster. He does that whole huge ranting speech where he curses him, and then he's just like, "No, you're right. You win. Yeah, I like your cooking. I like your cooking." That was a hellacious speech. That's a good question. How much? There were a lot of places we laughed that I don't know if they were meant to be funny. Yeah, probably not. But I don't know. How could you have watched this making this as a director and not have seen that? I don't know. If he thinks that the only thing that he added is humor is fart jokes, like no, like there were things that were funny, whether they were meant to be or not, they were funny. I laughed. Maybe that's just us fighting the dread that was supposed to be there because it wasn't dreadful enough, and therefore we were like, I have to enjoy this movie somehow. I will make jokes. I will find jokes when there are no jokes. I was going to say, I was happy you found some joy in this movie. I mean, I got to see, you know, I mean, Pattinson is very easy on the eyes. You get to see his butt. It was weird watching him, you know, (laughs) angrily masturbate. God, why are you even doing it if you're that mad? (laughs) Knock it off. That was some angry masturbation. It kind of was, yeah. I was like, you're going to rip it off. Calm down. Calm down. What was it? Fleshy slaps? Fleshy, fleshy slaps, slaps or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. we had, that, we had the, the captions on and it's like fleshy slaps. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he arrives at conclusion, how far we've been against this, just like this big waves of explosion. And I was like, oh, that was nice. Gross, but nice. Yeah, but you hear this. It should have ended with the foghorn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that would have been brilliant. I would have been like, this movie right here, this scene is the best scene in the entire movie. I would have died. One thing I did find disturbing was that time when he's vigorously abusing himself in the shed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is an apt description. When he's doing that and he, like, makes the screaming sound as he has his wave hit. Oh, yeah, he made the sound that the mermaid. Yeah, it sounded like the mermaid. And before that, Willem Dafoe had said, what was that you were doing? Why were you screaming outside? I could hear you all the way out there. So I don't know. It's just Maybe that was Willem Dafoe was like, I know you're in there. You're jerking it. That's my Willem Dafoe impression you're welcome are you oiling them cobs kiddo (laughs) when i swear i said swab the deck not your dick (laughs) all right so i was just uh polishing the pole (laughs) (laughs) you said i needed to do it at least twice i'm not good at impressions at all i'm really bad 
All right, so do we have anything else to talk about with this sucker, or should we wrap it up? We should wrap it up and throw it away. I mean, you don't got to take it home. But I, I No, I will mentally take home that image <laughs> of that mermaid. I might just randomly text you that image. I am so mad. <laughs> oh, that's fighting words. Funny. So, we're not doing full club procedures, but let's at least try to score this thing. So... On a scale of one to five, one being not great and five being awesome, how many moist fish flaps <laughs> would you give this? Oh, moist fish flaps. Oh, would you give this so movie? I will go, I'd give it a solid three. Like I said, I understand the non-narrative part of it, but yeah, there was some stuff in it. It was just like, it was It was almost to the cusp of that, but then they just, like, they didn't have, I don't know, they weren't clever enough to pull some of it off. So yeah, i give it a three. Solid middle of the road wouldn't be one i'd just kind of go to like oh hey i want to watch a movie yeah it's not a good time afternoon watch no it's, for sure no it's not i'm wrapping christmas presents and i'm gonna have this on or anything and i guess i kind of also take it it's not really horror i now, mean they start to kind of give you a horror sense but then yeah. they way too pull back they don't they would don't you, commit to it would you say psychological thriller I would say that, yeah. Even I'd though give it's it a, not thrilling? Yeah, I mean, I'd give it the, the psychological, yeah. But yeah, when they kind of place it in the horror mystery? section. That does, nah, I wouldn't necessarily say mystery, because there's no, you know. I think it's psychological I mean, thriller if you're going to categorize it. I That's what I would. I'm mystified that it got made. So. <laughs> and that score was three what? Three fish flaps. What kind of fish flaps? Shut up. <laughs> I don't know. What moist. Was it? Oh, moist. Moist. Fish flaps. Fish flaps. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> it, it is it is mermaid vaginas for days. I give it a two. And that wow. is me being very nice. Wow. I the reason I gave it a two is I love that it was filmed in that aspect ratio. I thought it was a really smart choice. Loved the black and white, thought it was brilliant to do. I like that not a lot of people do that with movies because when it does happen, it's a nice change of pace. Because sometimes you get distracted by not, not even distracted, influenced by a character's costume because their wardrobe starts to become them. Like, you know, some directors are like, well, I made sure she always wore red because she was angry on the inside. And so every undershirt she had upon her was red and it got darker with her. So her rage got... No, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that, that it was done in black and white. I The acting was 100% great. Accents abound. Whether they were good or bad doesn't matter. I liked it. That's why I give it in Stanley. Because that seagull was life, and I would have hung out with that bird all day. Because that bird was kind of an asshole. I think the story was not properly developed. I really don't. I don't. I would love to walk away with dread, but I needed something to push me to dread, and I needed I needed some explanation. I agree with you. I think that you said something really smart. You said it tried too hard because sometimes, and again, that goes back to my theory that you, as a writer, should not direct your own stuff. I know there's some directors that are writers, and they're really, really good. But there are a lot of folks that are not so good at directing the things that they write because you believe everything you wrote is perfect and it's hard even when we create a podcast we're like oh it's such a funny segment but does it make sense for the narrative of the show that i'm trying to tell it's really hard to do right because yeah. there are times where i'm like as much as i love this segment it needs to go it drags the show down or it doesn't really fit what's going on and it's hard to do that because you're like everything i do is wonderful because everything <laughs> i do is wonderful but i think had i not known that he wrote it i would have questioned did he write this because i questioned choices that's okay. why i go with two mermaid vaginas <laughs> i'm not saying it i'm gonna give it a four God! 
<laughs> no, let's let's go 3.75. 3.75. Because number one, it's rare for me to go into a movie that is quote unquote scary that I actually come out of mm-hmm. it enjoying it. Okay. And while it's not traditional horror slasher, et cetera, et cetera, to me, this is more terrifying than any Friday the 13th could ever be because it's existential dread, which is the worst thing in the world for me. Like if we were sitting in the living room and a goat just walks through the living room and then disappears through the wall, I'm going to be more terrified of that than if the goat walks through, turns into a monster and kills one of you. It's a totally different thing. It's the unknown. I got to kill one of us. Because I'm clearly the final girl. <laughs> You okay? <laughs> Look, if, I, if, if I'm making up the scene, I'm writing it and directing it, so I can do whatever I want, Jason. And you just proved my point. <laughs> but I think that's a big part of it, my score. But also all the things that you said to give it that two that bumped it up. To me, it's it's just beautiful as like an art piece. The things that it does lose points with me for is some of the childish humor, mm-hmm. the farts, the him throwing the stuff into the wind and having it blow back in his face. <laughs> there was a lot of that stuff that just didn't hit with me and then actually on the second watch through there were a lot of the things that i'm sure they thought they were stretching to build tension but it was just a little too long like they could have cut some of those little scenes back a ways so i would give it 3.75 moist fish flaps yeah fish flaps I just Camilla think back. Pamela is closer to any lighthouse than we are. It's true. It's true. It's yeah. true. That's part of my, like, whenever I get to retire, you know, in our 90s, because God forbid it won't be anytime soon. <laughs> I've always wanted to, I have a thing for lighthouses. You both know that you've been in my apartment. You saw my lighthouse collection. I love lighthouses. I think they're beautiful. I um, have yet to be in your apartment. Oh, that's right. I haven't seen not. the He-Man room. I, don't I know haven't what seen... is wrong with you. I'm I don't the either. Only one that has it. I, you've never invited me over. It's like an open door. You have to pay the $5 entry fee and everybody else. <laughs> but anyway, I love lighthouses and one of my things that I always wanted to do when I was retired was tour the east coast oh, and yeah. stop at all the lighthouses and I was like please god don't let this movie destroy my love of lighthouses and it didn't because I don't care enough about it to let it I just can't wait for people to listen to an episode that brings us back and we're talking about this film <laughs> <laughs> because the next time we're going to talk about it is the last of Sheila which I can't wait to hear what the two of you and Pamela has to say about it because I feel like you're going to rag on it just because you're gonna be like well you know Artistically, it's no lighthouse. (laughs) (laughs) It's lack of (laughs) mermaid is what makes it a non-competitor in that field. (laughs) It it needed more mermaid vagina. Uh, you know, it's probably said about a lot of films. It probably is. <laughs> you know, you think of the classics Gone with the Wind, no mermaid vaginas. There's a disturbing lack of mermaid vagina <laughs> in cinema. <laughs> in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, in just cinema in general. <laughs> yeah. It just, you know. Yeah. You think no. they'll have that in the Little Mermaid remake? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Here comes Un- Ursula. Uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> and that's the name of the song they sing when yeah. they talk about the mermaid vagina. Oh. Yeah. All right, fellas, oh I gosh. think we're good. I think right. we can adjourn this meeting. I, I think so. I don't know about you. I'm thinking about some Captain D's. <laughs> <laughs> Red lobster? Ooh. You like me, lobster. <laughs> you know I don't eat any fish. All right, All right. I'm calling it. Oh, Time of death. <laughs> <laughs> Taste the biscuit. Taste With the honey on the biscuit. <laughs>
Taste that honey sauce. Taste the honey sauce. Taste the biscuit. <laughs> oh, the biscuit. Oh, wait, what's it doing? Oh, 